what will I tell them? That my daughter on my niece I discovered dancing like heathen in the forest? We did dance, Uncle, but you tell them I confessed it, and I'll be whipped if I must be, but they're speaking of witchcraft. Betty's not witch. Child, I cannot go before the congregation when I know you have not opened with me. What were you doing out there in the forest? We did dance, Uncle. And when you leaped out of the bush so suddenly, she was frightened and fainted, and there's the whole of it. Child! I would never hurt Betty! I love her dearly! Child, your punishment will come in its time. But if you trafficked with spirits in the forest, I must know, for my enemies will, and they will ruin me for it. We never conjured spirits. And so it begins. Girls playing in the woods caught by the village minister. As soon as the play begins, it is obvious who should be held accountable for actions that violate the creed or tenets of this Puritan community. But as history has shown us, what is obvious to us is not always obvious to others. I'm Professor M, and Arthur Miller's The Crucible is what I've been thinking about at the moment. I have opened with you. I have told you everything. Abigail, your name in the village is entirely white, is it not? Why, I'm sure it is. There be no blush about my name. Abigail, is there any reason other than what you have disclosed for your being discharged from Goody Proctor's service? She hates me. She must, for I would not be her slave. It is a bitter woman, a lying, cold, sniveling woman. She may be, and yet it troubles me they that you... They want slaves, not such as I. Let them send to Barbados for that. Do you begrudge my bed, uncle? No. No. My name is good in the village. I will not have it said that my name is soiled. Goody Proctor is a gossiping liar. Act one opens with a terrified father holding vigil over his ailing daughter. He is praying, and I believe he is worried over the health of his daughter, but Reverend Samuel Paris also has other things on his mind. Quickly, Paris looks inward. He looks into himself and into his house. Paris verbalizes his fear that the community will look on his daughter and niece's sins as a reflection on his ability to minister to the congregation of Salem. So he presses Abigail to confess to what they were doing in the woods, and she tells him they were singing and dancing, but he goes further. He's concerned about her reputation because she had been let go from the Proctor house, and is concerned that her reputation may not be as white or as pure. History tells us that John Proctor and Abigail had an affair. So he questions her on that, and she denies it, and then he buries it because he does not want that to interfere with his grip on the ministry of Salem Village. And at this time, it still is a very loose grip. He is worried about losing his house and losing his job and losing his money. So that's what truly motivates Paris in this opening act. Abigail, she has other motives in mind. You didn't tell him that! You never say that again! You drank a charm to kill John Proctor's wife! No, Abby. You drank a charm to kill Goody Proctor! All of you, we danced, that is all. And mark this, let anyone breathe a word or the edge of a word about the other things. And I will come to you in the black of some terrible night and I will bring with me a pointy reckoning that will shudder you. And you know I 
can do it. I saw Indians smash my dear parents' head on the pillow next to mine, and I have seen some reddish work done at night. I can make you wish you never saw the sun go down. Abigail is far from over the relationship she had with John Proctor. In fact, she did go into the woods that night to cast a spell to kill Elizabeth Proctor. John Proctor's affair had a deep impact on Abigail. She was never the same, even after she was thrown out of the house by Elizabeth after supposedly uncovering the affair. John Proctor himself may not have been completely over their affair, for he would call on her from time to time or walk past her window, but it gave her this false hope, and this false hope is what drives Abigail in the beginning of Act One and lays the groundwork for what will continue throughout the rest of the play. I have a sense for heat, John, and yours has drawn me to my window. I have seen you looking up, burning in your loneliness. Do you tell me you've never looked up at my window? I may have looked up. I know you, John. I know you. I cannot sleep for dreaming. I cannot dream, but I wake and walk about the house as though I'd find Child! How do you call me child? Abby, I may reach for you from time to time, but I will sooner cut off my hand before I do it again. You will put it out of mind. We never touched. Aye, but we did. Aye, but we did not. At the end of Act One, when all of Salem is crying witchcraft, the Putnam cries are the loudest, Paris concedes, and Tituba breaks under heavy questioning. Abigail sees the solution and turns from accused to accuser. Take courage, Tichiba. You must give us all their names. How can you bear to see her suffering? Look at her, Tichiba. Look at her God-given innocence. Her soul is so fragile. We must help her. I want to open myself. I want the light of God. I want the sweet love of Jesus. I dance for the devil. I wrote in his book. I go back to God now. I kiss his hands. I saw Sarah good with the devil. I saw Goody Osborne with the devil. I saw George Jesus with the devil. I saw Martha Bellows with the devil. She speaks, she speaks. Glory to God, they are free. I saw Goody Booth with the devil. I saw Sarah with the devil. I saw Goody Pepper with the devil. Oh, the marshal. Let the marshal bring irons, Mr. Putnam. I saw Goody Booth with the devil. Denial, repression, and power are the themes that drive Act One. First, there's Paris's denial of his daughter and niece's actions. And then there's Proctor's repression of his sins. And finally, there's Abigail's rising power, thrown on her by these two men and their inability to publicly deal with their faults. So by the end of Act One, it is clear that who once was guilty is now controlling the fate of this community. I hope you've enjoyed my musings on Act One of Arthur Miller's The Crucible, here at the moment. <laughs>